Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Salem, Massachusetts, with a different special guest every week. Tonight I am joined by a musician and mind and body coach, London... I'm gonna fuck this up. McIlvain! You got it! London (laughs) McIlvain... It looks like McElvain. But it's I think McElvain. that's the problem. Is I'm like looking at it and it's different. You know McElvain. what? I think technically it is McElvain, and my family somewhere along the line was like McElvain. Let's go with it. <laughs> so McElvain. Yep. You know, I think it's just because I just I don't I don't call you by your first and last name right. ever. So it's not like Hey London McElvain. Right. Every time it's I more see of you. like a just London kind of thing. Right. Like that's London. You're London. Yeah. So that's what you have on your podcast. Well, thanks for joining me. (laughs) How are you? I'm really good. Good. I'm so, so excited to get to do this and get to hear a a kind of spooky, paranormal, enticing story. I'm so honored to be asked to join. Absolutely. Well, let's start with how would you describe a ghost? Wow, that's a great question. (laughs) I love that question um, because I, I ask people often if they believe in ghosts. Yeah. And, you know, I love that question. I love talking to people about that. And I really believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, wholeheartedly believe in them. Okay. And I have this really strong desire to see one. But you haven't. But I haven't. Okay. And I sometimes I wonder if I haven't seen a ghost because I'm like, I almost have this like needy energy around it of like <laughs> wanting to see a ghost so bad. But then I'm also kind of scared. And so ghosts are like, She's not ready or <laughs> mm, maybe I don't know what it is, but I haven't seen a ghost. So, so honestly, like when I think of a ghost, was that the question? Yeah. What do I what's, think of? What's, how would you describe one? What is, what is a ghost to you? Basically a ghost to me is somebody who is existing right now in time and space with us. Okay. But they're existing on a plane and relating to time and space in a way that we can't perceive as human beings gotcha. because they're dead. They are either have something unresolved here that they're still trying to live out, or right. they are actively here trying to communicate with us or send them sort of send us some sort of message. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe it's not all about us. Maybe that's the narcissist narcissism of being a human being. But no. Um, but I think like every yeah, like beings that are existing on a different plane all around us all of the time that we don't have the ability to perceive. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I ask that question because everyone's perception of a ghost is different yeah and totally. like like you said some people believe some people don't uh-huh. some people are curious uh-huh. uh, but don't know what to think you uh-huh. know so i always want to start off that way yeah, Just, i appreciate it so the listener knows who <laughs> who we've got in the room exactly yeah totally, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. so you believe in ghosts how believe in them. much of salem like how much knowledge do you have of salem <clears throat> i have very little knowledge of salem actually i that's fair I feel like I'm learning about it in school. Yeah. 
you know, watching through, you know, various movies and TV shows over the years. Right. You know, like Hocus Pocus comes to mind. <laughs> a classic. It's a classic. Love Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Which is embarrassing. Um, but not embarrassing. Oh, no. Hocus Pocus is a classic. But it's um Bette Miller Bette, yeah. Bette Miller, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah. Not embarrassing. Yeah, legendary. Legendary. Yeah. So I think, yeah, my, I think maybe what feels embarrassing is maybe that my relationship to and my knowledge of of Salem is much more like folklore and story than it is any knowledge of That's fair, the though. true history or like yeah. the very real um, suffering and prosecution yeah. that happened to real people. Well, London... Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this episode will be the final. So I did a six episode arc, I guess you can call it, of the Salem Witch Trials. And this will be the sixth episode of the Salem Witch Trials. So we'll be concluding what I started this season. So everyone listening, thank you for enduring and or enjoying <laughs> yeah. this long format of what I don't <laughs> normally do is a long format. It's usually episode by episode, but... I want to pay tribute to the 20 victim, 20 plus victims of the Salem, Massachusetts or Salem witch trials. So yeah, whoever's listening, email me if you like the long format or if you like individual episodes, let me know. But, uh, let's get into the Salem witch trials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for focusing on this. More specifically, Giles Corey or the Corey family. Mm -hmm. He was the only victim to be crushed to death instead of hanged. So 19 victims were hanged. Giles Corey was crushed. And Giles to Corey death. was a yeah. male. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's like a, I, I don't want to say misconception, but like maybe something that not many people are aware of is that most of the people, most of the victims are women, but I think there were four men mm-hmm. that died during the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, I didn't know that. So Giles Corey, he was born in England and baptized in 1611. And because this is so long ago, we don't know when he traveled over to North America from England, but it was sometime after 1640. He initially lived in Salem town, but moved to Salem village to work as a farmer. And today Salem town is called Salem, but Salem village is the nearby town Danvers, Mm -hmm. just for people who know the area. But Giles married his first wife, Margaret in England and they had four children. And again, it's unclear if Margaret passed away before or after Giles traveled across the Atlantic. I mean, this is like 300 plus years ago. So we don't know if it's, it's not ago. indicated that he brought this wife over with him. Right. Okay. So that's very... Un- she kind of gets left out of the <laughs> Exactly. Sorry, wifey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think probably Giles Corey probably would have been left out if he wasn't crushed to death during the yeah. Salem oh, trials. Yeah. But they had a... Yeah, so it's, it's just unclear. Like, historians don't know if, like, he got married, if they got married in England, okay. had four kids, and then moved, or if he got married in England, moved, then had four kids, or, like, what the sure. situation sure. is. Sure, right, okay. But uh, I don't even know if the four kids, like, came to the what is now the United States. But um, his, historians do know that Giles married his second wife, Mary Bright in 1664 in Salem, uh, in Salem Village, and they had a son, John. Okay. So his first wife, we don't know how she passed away, but she died. Again, I don't know where the four kids ended up, but he okay. remarried in 1664 
and had another son, John. So this dude's got a history. Yes. Okay. And it just gets more <laughs> intense from there. Okay, okay, cool. All right, setting the scene. Yes. Okay, John, Giles, what is it? John? Giles. Giles. Not his John Giles. His John son is John. John Giles Corey. John Jacob Jingle exactly. Giles Corey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not mocking this, this poor person. Okay, yes. Oh, no, uh, you don't have to feel too bad for him. Um, okay. Giles was in his 50s at the time he, uh, he married his second wife. And he was a successful farmer. Uh He owned a decent amount of land and hired men to help him with the farm. One of these employees was named Jekyll. Now you got me saying it. John Jekyll Jingleheimer. (laughs) One of his employees was named Jacob Goodale. Okay. And in 1675, Jacob was found bludgeoned to death on the farm. During the autopsy of Jacob, the doctor found clots of blood around his heart. And after Jacob was declared murdered, Giles Corey was arrested and tried for Jacob's murder. During the trial, John Proctor testified that Giles admitted to beating Jacob, like, regularly. And Alicia Kibb... I think is how you pronounce her name. She testified that he tried to stop Giles from beating Jacob with a branch that night. This was his employee? Yes. And he would beat him? Yes. Wow. God. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, but the person wasn't able to stop Giles from beating his employee. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, Giles is this, like, hardworking farmer that, like, I'm sure is gruff and, like, doesn't give a fuck about anybody. It's just yeah. like... I'm going to beat the shit out of you. cold-blooded dude. Right, exactly. Uh So, Giles hit Jacob with at least 100 blows for for stealing apples, is basically what it came down to. He somehow wasn't convicted for Jacob's murder, and many believe it's because he paid his way out of the murder charge. So instead of going to jail, Giles was just fined Mm -hmm. for killing a man mm-hmm. nine years after that incident his second wife mary passed away again we don't know how because it was so long ago but he continued farming and in 1690 he married his third wife martha rich so that all the backstory that brings us to the salem witch trials okay so going into it he's not and by 1690 he's an old man i believe he was 82 during the salem witch trials okay but yeah yeah, he lived a life before these trials, before people were accused of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he wasn't like a... So far during these Salem Witch Trials episodes, I've talked about like these women who were independent or who, you know, didn't really do anything wrong. Yeah. But the town didn't accept them. And that's why they were accused, you know? Whereas Giles Corey literally murdered someone. Yeah, he literally murdered someone. Do you think that that's pointing to like the a, a double standard that was just happening? Oh, a hundred percent of uh, the way women were treated back then versus the way men yeah. were treated back then. These women went to jail for doing nothing wrong, and then he kills somebody and doesn't and gets off with right. just a fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So when the Salem Witch Trials began in 1692, Giles and Martha were some of the first to attend the initial like pre-trial examinations of the first three accused. So last episode I talked about the first three and that's Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba. Mm-hmm. And during pre-trials, when you were arrested, they always took place in a tavern and the judges would just like ask them questions about witchcraft or like who they are and stuff like that and then they were determined if they were to be like let go or if they had to sit in jail that was the pre-trial you just like went to a bar yes and the judge was like what's up like over his beer (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) pretty much you know spells (laughs) yes exactly What are you brewing? God. And they're yeah. like, yeah, and they're so proud of themselves for carrying out justice. Exactly. Mm. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, it was the talk of the town, of course. So, like, Giles and Martha were like, we'll go see what's up. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what's going on, but we'll go to these pre-trials. But after the pre-trial that they went to, Martha, like, refused to go back. She was like, I don't feel right about what's going on. Something's not okay. I don't trust what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And to the point where, like, she hid Giles's, um like, riding saddle so he couldn't go back either. Like, she's like, I want to distance ourselves from this. Yeah. Because something's is not, not okay. right here. Right. Like, she had a gut feeling that they were, yeah. had an ulterior motives or that it was, yeah. <laughs> Something shady was definitely mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So... Unfortunately, though, March 1692, Martha was accused of witchcraft. And to make it worse, her husband was so wrapped up in the trials, he believed she was guilty and testified against her. So Giles Corey was like... He he claimed that his ox and pet cat became mysteriously ill and that Martha would pray in front of their fire, like their fireplace... But she never said her prayers aloud. So he never called her a witch. But he's like, she's doing like odd things. And things are happening to our animals that are strange. So like, she could be. Uh, so he like testified yeah. against his wife. The coincidences are too much to ignore. Right, yeah. exactly. Sick uh, animals on a farm. Wow. Must be And he testified against her. Yeah. Wow, the betrayal. Oh, absolutely. Devastating. I can't imagine what it'd be like to have your partner testify against you. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say that like maybe people should have seen it coming. Yeah. But like everyone knew in town that he killed someone and that he wasn't like a great person. So I would never expect someone like that to have my back. Like, I don't know. That's just, I guess, hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's easy to think that you're the unique one. Like, Fair. oh, they wouldn't do that to me. Right. And then they do, and you're like, oh, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's Martha's sentiment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry, Martha. When she's yeah. sitting there and she's like, wow, he really testified against, against me. Against, yeah. Because wow. I prayed in front of a fire. Yeah. And didn't say my prayer out loud. Yeah. Like, wow. sorry for having my own thoughts. Wow. And not wanting to share them. Yeah. Yeah, but like, because of his past, it didn't take long for Giles to be accused as well. So only a month after his wife was arrested, Giles was arrested as well for witchcraft, along with Mary Warren, Abigail Hobbs, and Bridget Bishop. So they were all arrested on the same day. Mm. But And wait, this is not Giles's... 
they were all arrested for the same thing? Yeah, everybody was arrested for witchcraft. Okay. Um, his wife was just arrested a month before he was arrested. Okay. Even after he had testified against her. Yeah. But it's, it's his own animals. They're going criti- to accuse him for sickening his own animals? Apparently, I, that's not all of it. I wonder. But... I would have loved to like have been, been there in the time to just be interacting with the paranoia. Yeah. Of like, how many people have to be? Like, how far out of control a seed of an idea has to spin? Oh my god! Yes. To arrest somebody, decide that they are practicing witchcraft, that it is actually evil, quote unquote. Yeah. And then to kill them. Mm-hmm. Or at least attack them. Attack yeah. them. For sure. Or like... so the After big... he had just testified against his own partner. Exactly. Right. So this is like one of the first documented uh, cases of hysteria. Yeah. Um, and how far that can just take a group of people. Exactly. Yeah. Whether it's fear or greed or whatever the case may be, it's... You're right. It'd be interesting to be like a fly in the wall to, to watch. To be in it, yeah. Right, yeah. To see how just deeply people are so believing what they're experiencing. Exactly. It's, you know, we're here hundreds of years after the fact, like... Even though it's fiction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It sounds like, yeah, That's... like it can't be real. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So, I don't want to relate it to COVID, but... <laughs> <laughs> but this might be your experience. Yeah, it, it, that's a, a really sp- a interesting parallel to draw is I do think 100, 200 years from now, if human beings are still here, if we haven't right. destroyed our planet, yeah, if they will be talking about something like COVID and like how, like the hysteria and the way that it drove so many of our choices and the, yeah. way, the way that it, yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And the people who still don't believe it's real. And, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh, anyways, yeah, tangent. <laughs> so... Historians believe Martha was a target because she was, or she had a mixed race son out of wedlock. Okay. Which in the 17th century was like... Mixed race, and this son was black? Yeah, black. uh, I don't know if he was black. I didn't really say. Was it a slave? They didn't say exactly. The thing then, though, that I was reading that not all the slaves at this time were black. Actually, a lot of them were, like, Native American or... Mm -hmm. Indentured um, servants. Right. Things like that. So, like, Tichuba, who was initially... She was from South America. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a mix of a bunch of different... So it didn't say if it was half black, half... Her son was half Mm -hmm. black, half white or what, but... Yeah, but mixed race, He was mixed race, not white. Exactly. And it was... And he was born out of wedlock. Which at the time you could be fined for. Like it was like a no-go. Like you could not do that. So it was a huge thing. And that's why people believe she was a target of witchcraft. Because she was like an easy target. She was like, people already don't like you because you have a son out of wedlock. And he's not white. And all this other stuff. So the 11-year-old Abigail Williams was the main accuser of Martha claiming to see her specter. In the shape of a yellow bird. So this like 11 year old is like this Martha is sending her specter, her ghost, her whatever you want to call it in the shape of a yellow bird. And this yellow bird is like attacking me. That was the claim. Oh, wow. And this bird, it keeps coming to this girl. And it, right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's Martha. This mm. bird is Martha. And then the 13-year-old Ann Putnam Jr. was the main accuser of Giles Corey. And she said a vengeful ghost 
visited her one night, vowing to press her to death. She testified that the ghost told her that Giles Corey had murdered him years before she was born. And the ghost also told Anne that Giles entered into an agreement with Satan to avoid the murder charges. So what she's describing is this ghost of the man that Giles Corey killed 10 years ago. And she's saying this dead person's ghost is showing up to her wanting revenge on Giles Corey and that you should be the one to like out him to murdering me. That's her claim. (laughs) And he didn't pay his way out of the murder charges. Satan, he made a deal with Satan and that's how he got out of the murder trials. He made a deal with the devil. So people don't actually know how he got off. So that's that's sort of their answer, their explanation. Exactly. He must have just... (laughs) made a deal with the devil. (laughs) Honestly, that's what I would do. (laughs) Instead of sitting in jail? Sure. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, totally. And like, honestly, most of the people who've made deals with the devil... Seem to have the most fun. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. Uh huh. Yeah. So at this point, like Giles is in a tough position. He either like maintains his innocence regarding the murder. Oh, 17 years ago. Sorry, uh-huh. but there's supposedly a ghost saying otherwise. You know, or he comes clean and says he did pay for his freedom, which may end up having him have jail time anyway. You know what I mean? So it's like. Rock and hard place. Yeah, yeah. Do I say this girl is completely full of it and that I just paid this person to get out of the murder charges, but then he would be arrested anyway for fraud or whatever you want to call it, or bribery? Or, you know, do you just accept that this girl saw a ghost? Right. But we don't know actually what was his truth. We just know that he was deciding, Right. okay, how do I get ahead of this? Exactly. Either I kind of go along with the story or I completely deny it. Exactly. Knowing either way, you could be fucked. Yes. By the justice system. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, on top of that, Anne wasn't the only one to accuse Giles of witchcraft. Uh, I'm going to read a deposition given by a 17-year-old Mercy Lewis during Giles' trial. So, quote, I saw the apparition of Giles Corey come and afflict me, urging me to write in his book. And so he continued most dreadfully to hurt me by times, beating me and almost breaking my back till the day of his examination being the 19th of April. And then also during the time of his examination, he did afflict and torture me most grievously and also several times since urging me vehemently to write in his book. And I verily believe in my heart that Giles Corey is a dreadful wizard for since he had been in prison, he or his appearance has come and most grievously tormented me, unquote. So 17-year-old is just being like his like ghost showed up and like attacked me. And the book she's talking about is the devil's book. So it's thought to be a witch. You have to sign the devil's book, making a pact with the devil and then you can become a witch and, like, obtain powers. <coughs> okay, so that's the book she's referring to. Right. So Giles Corey's ghost showed up to her, wanting her to write in this book, beating <coughs> her with whatever he had available to mm-hmm. the point where her back broke or almost broke. Um, and even after he was arrested, he was still sending his ghost to attack her. That's what she's saying. 
Mm, oh my gosh. Wow. That's tough because obviously nowadays that would never hold up. No. <laughs> not no, even a little bit. Not even a little bit. But also it's like, yeah, just to, just the way that they were perceiving witchcraft and magic and such things at the time was that like, like nowadays I feel like you, we so understand that like you, you can be haunted by the image of somebody. Right. And they can show up in your dreams Yes. And if somebody has, you know, harmed you or if somebody is a figure of, you know, intimidation or whatever in your life, of course they're going to show up in right. your imagination and in your dreams. Right. And that's even just to say, if if she even dreamed that and she's just not straight up making it up. Right. Or if she's just making it up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then this can contribute to somebody being... Put to death. Put to death. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Totally. So, and then she's talking about her back being broken, and I'm like, sounds like a sexual fantasy to me. <laughs> she pisses dude <laughs> if Giles Corey wouldn't give her the attention. She is daddy issues, <laughs> for sure. So, these young girls were the main accusers during the entire Salem Witch Trials, but they weren't... They may have started it, but they weren't the only ones to accuse, of course. Yeah. Even people who were accused of witchcraft found it benefited them to accuse other people you know what i mean it's to like just take attention off of themselves exactly so even like yeah, accused that makes sense abigail hobbs threw giles under the bus calling him a wizard so it's like yeah there's really no hiding yeah. and it's like you can't maybe win. giles was kind of a jerk and they were like let's turn the cops on him very much so yeah totally. yes absolutely yeah. so during martha's trial giles's wife the accusers would so these young women would mimic Martha's movements as if they were being controlled by Martha. So if Martha raised her right hand, these girls all raised their right hand type of deal. And Mercy Lewis, in the middle of the trial, yelled, quote, there's a man whispering in her ear, unquote. And Judge Hathorne quickly asked Mercy if the man was Satan. But before she could answer, Anne Putnam Jr. cried out that Martha, in the shape of a yellow bird, was sucking on her hand. So, like, nowadays we think of courtrooms as, like, quiet. Judges are banging gavels so you can't talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Order in the court. Right. Yeah. During this time, we literally have girls screaming, like, some man's whispering, some invisible man's whispering in her ear before somebody can answer that. Some other girl's like, there's a yellow bird attacking me. In, this tri- in the trial. During the Setting. trial. Middle of the trial. And there's a bird in the trial? Yeah. Apparently. Okay. An invisible bird. Yeah. And the judge is playing off of it. The judge is like, well, is it Satan whispering in her ear? Like, he's not quieting anybody. He's just feeding into the hysteria of it all. Yeah. There's no order in the court There's with this judge. no order at all. <laughs> yeah. This judge is like, ooh, oh, oh. He's <laughs> exactly. just feeding into it. A <laughs> 100%. You think it's a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. like, that chaos was what persuaded the jury that Martha was guilty. Wow. Oh my gosh. Guilt. That's amazing that guilt could be determined by yeah. these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just by nonsense. And I don't guilt. know what else and to say. And guilt of what? Witchcraft. Yeah. Witchcraft. Just sending general your, witchcraft. Yeah. Sending your body, sending your specter or ghost, whatever you want to call it, in the shape of a yellow bird to attack these To attack girls. someone. Yeah. That was her crime. That she's guilty of. Yes. Yeah. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. So after Martha was found guilty, Giles was tried the same day as his wife, September 9th, 1692. But even after all the accusations and testimonies against Giles Corey, he refused to plead. So because of the laws back then, if you didn't plea, you couldn't technically be tried. Oh, Okay. Right. So it's kind of like a loophole in the yeah. justice system back then. Uh, it was like if I have, if there's no claim to my guilt or my innocence, how right. are you trying me on anything? Exactly. Uh. So to Yeah, con- nowadays they're like, Mm-mm. Exactly. You <laughs> have gonna, to choose guilty or innocent. We're going to yeah. try you anyway. <laughs> yeah. But back then, yeah, you couldn't be like tried if you didn't plead at all. If okay, you interesting. So to like combat this loophole prisoners that refused to plea were stripped naked laid down on their back and boards were placed on top of them so because giles Corey didn't plea he was taken across the street from the prison on september 17th he was stripped naked and had boards placed on his again 80 year old body in public And slowly, the sheriff, Sheriff George Corwin, would lay rocks on the board that, like, laid on top of Giles. So, one by one, he would just start laying boulders, rocks on top of... He just laid hundreds of pounds on this person. Exactly. Until he would plea. So, it was, like, it was torture to get the person to, like, plead not guilty or guilty. Just one way or the other. Wow! To just make a decision. Right. Wow! Oh, my gosh. So, after so many rocks... Giles was asked if he was guilty or not guilty, but every time he was asked, Giles responded with, quote, more weight. So he refused to give a plea regardless. And he never cried out in pain. He never said anything. He Anytime he was asked, he just said more weight. So, he just kind of knew he was going to his death. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So after two days of laying under a pile of rocks, Sheriff Corwin asked Giles again to enter a plea Again, Giles responded with more weight. Corwin continued to add rocks and would occasionally stand on the stones as well. Like the judge or the sheriff was like, these rocks aren't enough. Let me hop on top of the boards as well. On an 80 year old's body. Like it's okay. Wow. Oh my gosh. Just the cruelty. Yeah. And the, yeah, just the abuse of power and the entitlement are like, yes. Yeah. The notion of keeping order, it's its just, yeah, it's, it's sickening yeah. and sad. Oh, very much so. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a gray area at this point because they're still colonies. So they are still under English rule and English uh-huh. laws. Yeah. But they all moved because they wanted to change some of that. Mm-hmm. So they all have, like, it's kind of this, like, are we still part of this yep. thing we hate? Or do we, yep. are we adding new laws? We don't have laws for this yet, so it's kind of this, like, gray area. So it's really hard to... I'm not saying torture is by any means the correct solution to it. No! No, no, no. It was just... it it, This just happened because there weren't laws set up yet to combat things like this. So... Yeah. Wow, it's powerful. And it's just... It just is mirrored and echoed so many ways today in our own society. And I think it's just such a testament to the fact that, like... Not to like go off on a tangent or get heady or political no, 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 or anything, yeah. but just in the ways that like 
Yeah, that we we are not going to dismantle our systems with the same thinking that got us to where we are. Mm-hmm. And just in the same way that so many people who are coming over from Europe to colonize the United States were escaping a certain type of oppression. Right. And um and overexertion of power. Right. Came here and recreated that. Yeah. And then we're like, why isn't it different? Yeah. And it's like you're using, you're operating under the same mentality of domination. And so inherently it's going to be flawed and broken and it's not going to work here. Right. Yeah. And so just to watch these people who were escaping that, being inflicted, having that inflicted upon them anyways, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, hundreds of years and we still haven't learned. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. wild. And this poor 80 year old man is being crushed. One witness said, quote, in the pressing, Giles Corey's tongue was pressed out of his mouth. The sheriff, with his cane, forced it in again, unquote. And his tongue being out of his mouth is just like, at this point, Giles was desperate for air, which is why his tongue was out, because he's like, he's so yeah, much weight on him. he's just dying. Yeah. And the like sheriff was so cruel, he just shoved it back in his mouth and was like, closed his mouth and was like, you don't, You're you don't, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so around noon on September 19th, so this is like two days after it started, Giles Corey was pressed to death. His last words vary depending on who you ask, but it's like usually like the most common accepted last words of Giles Corey was the request for more weight of rocks. Wow. Um, to the end. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, some say he cursed the sheriff and the town of Salem as well. So... We'll get into that curse in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so three days after Giles was pressed to death, Martha, his wife, was hanged with Mary Eastie, Samuel Wardwell, Alice Parker, and Mam- Mammy Red, and Pooter, and Mary Parker, and Margaret Scott. All those people were hanged on the same on day. On the same day, at the same time. Because Giles never entered a plea, his estate remained intact okay. and wasn't sold off. So, back then, if you were accused of witchcraft, your estate was, like, taken by the government to pay for you being in jail, mm, to pay for your That was trial. your penalty. Exactly. Oh, shit. So, your family was, like, didn't get Fucked. anything. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so heinous. Horrible. Yeah. But because Giles never pled, his estate stayed intact and the government couldn't touch it. That's probably it. why he did that, huh? Yeah, that's the thought, at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that ass- is some that is some stamina. That's some commitment. Oh, Have yeah. rocks on you. Oh my god. Like more weight. <laughs> wow, that's hardcore. Yeah. That's insane. Uh-huh. So because his estate stayed intact, he was able like the estate was able to be split up amongst his sons and sons in laws. And even though the estate was saved by Giles, the sheriff threatened Giles and Martha's daughter, Elizabeth, and her husband, John, to seize their land. So even though the sheriff wasn't able legally to take the money and the estate, he still threatened their daughter and her husband because he has power and wealth. Because he and could. He and they, could. Ended up kind of, they ended up losing their estate anyways. Well, they didn't give him the land, but they did pay him off. Okay. In fear of, like, retaliation. Yeah. Yeah. However, in 1710, they took the sheriff to court seeking damages. So Giles Corey was absolved of the crime of witchcraft in 1712. 
But it took longer for his wife, Martha, to receive the same treatment. Of course, women weren't treated well. Yeah. They were absolved of their crimes, like everybody was, by like 1712. Absolved, but long after their deaths, long after any, all of this had happened. Right. Yeah. The only positive is that all the family members got reparations for their... Really? So a lot of these Salem witch families did get reparations? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. They all got money. So wow, all 20 of their relatives got some sort of payment. I'm sure it wasn't like it wasn't a ton, but it was something. Yeah. What do you think was, do you have much insight into the decision behind giving all of these people reparations I, and like a, a, a unanimous decision around what, that what happened was not okay. It wasn't, it was okay. So after, so the Salem Witch Trials is only, like, eight months long. It's from January 1692 to, like, October 1692. And then once October rolled around and there were, like, three sets of hangings, mm-hmm. the government was like, this has gone a little haywire and we need to, like, rein it in a bit. So they put a suspension on hangings and trials. They didn't get rid of them, but they just suspended it for the time so that the Boston government could, like, sort out what was going on. And then in January, that following January, 1693, is when they started trials back. But no one was convicted after that. Or no one died, Mm, at least. Like, the criteria for actually convicting somebody of witchcraft was probably much higher. Right, exactly. Maybe more voices of reason and logic from outside the community were involved. Very much so. Uh So you may have been still convicted of witchcraft, but you wouldn't hang for it or things like that. Though I do think the governor, after not long after, was like, no, like, witchcraft's not real, we're not doing this, like, it's we can't this can't be the path that America goes down. exactly yeah. so it kind of ended like in the spring of 1693 okay um I think the English government by 1710 1712 was like this is ridiculous we're like as a group as like a I don't know what they had at that time you mm-hmm. know it wasn't like a it wasn't what our government is like today, so I don't know exactly what it was. Like, their parliament or whatever was like, no, people aren't being tried for witchcraft. We're not doing this any longer. It's done. Mm-hmm. And yeah. okay. we're admitting that by giving the families reparations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to kind of absolve. Or... Yeah, to say that this is over. Right. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, mm. the... Giles family did get money. They also got money for the sheriff, like, blackmailing them, essentially, because it was illegal. So it only took them 15 years to, or 20 years to get their shit together, but they finally did. (laughs) And so that brings us to the end of the Salem Witch Trials. Okay. The most famous retelling of the Salem Witch Trials is Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I haven't seen the Crucible. There's but the... now I feel like I really need to. It's pretty good. I was in it. Okay. <laughs> in high school. <laughs> well, now I really need to see it. Yeah. It was. It's. It's. It's a great play, and they really, I do think, are very accurate with a lot of what goes on. Yeah. Um. 
some people's relationships and like the way things happen are slightly. Uh huh. But they know. mention all of these people. Yeah, all, all, the names are all the same. All these people are in it. Yeah. 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 The Crucible isn't the only play featuring Giles and Martha Corey, though. There's, quote, Giles Corey Yeoman. That's a play. There's also Giles Corey in the Salem Farms. And there's also one called The Gospel Witch, which is about, like, Martha specifically. Mm. There's also an opera based on The Crucible. There's also a movie based on The Crucible. And I guess there was, like, a pilot of a TV show or a TV show that came out about a Crucible as well. But, like, you just can't get enough of witches. No, you really can't. And this specific, just, like, the fact that, yeah, like, that it still holds such a huge, I, I mean, everyone knows about the Salem Witch Trials. Yes, yeah. And, like, I, I really thought the Salem Witch Trials were much more massive and expansive than they were. So the fact that mm-hmm. you're saying they only lasted eight months and that 24 people died. I don't want to say only 24 people no, because but... those were four, 24 lives that were taken. Right. But I just, I somehow had this perception of it that it was like this really far reaching thing where hundreds of people were being right arrested and killed. And I felt the same way until doing this research. I was, it was, I didn't, the time frame is what shocked me the most. Yeah. It just does seem like it lasted like years. Years, yeah. But it's like 24 people died in like, Eight to ten months. Yeah. Like, that's not that long. And they were just so quick to judge, sentence, and then eradicate these people from right. their community because of that hysteria, like you said. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's... I, I do think... It didn't... It wasn't... How should I put this? People weren't accused of witchcraft solely in Salem. Like, there are people in Boston that were accused. They were like... Other places had some witch hysteria going on as well. Yeah. But Salem is the place Salem that committed. they committed. Yes. They took it to the, yeah, to exactly. the Exactly. Yeah. I don't think... Other towns were like, whoa, Salem. <laughs> Chill the fuck out, dude. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you really think 200 witches are living in your living town? Living in your town. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, that's coming up for me is like, what was, what were they so afraid of? Right. What were they so afraid that was going to happen to them? Damn. So. Yeah. So after, I mean, this is your own podcast, but after, <laughs> now that we're on the last episode and you've really like deep dived into so many of these people's stories who right. lived through this, were accused or were testifying or whatever. What do you feel like you're like? What's something you knew you've learned about the Salem Witch Trials or something like, you know, like a, a feeling or like a um, a new realization or understanding you're coming away with after learning about all these people that lived through this? That's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the main takeaway, I guess, would be like... I don't know how was how to say this, but like society is so fragile. Like it doesn't take much to cause hysteria or to cause such a huge. Like you said, like everybody knows about the Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. and all it took was for a nine and eleven year old cousins playing one day, barking like dogs, having fun to cause. 24 people's deaths yeah like it doesn't take much yeah. everything's so fragile yeah 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm the type of person that questions everything. I'm like super into mysteries, true crime and stuff like that. So I grew up on like, my favorite kind of story is the unreliable narrator. So because that's my favorite kind of story, I'm like, my goal is to question everything. Is that true? How do I know it's true? You know, what shows me that? And like, they just didn't do any of that here. So it's so hard for me to connect to a lot of these people because I just don't think or feel any way. Like, I I just don't. Like, we have nothing in common. Yeah. So it's hard to picture that. I've been thinking a lot about like movies, uh, like, because I just saw Harry Potter and Broadway and stuff like that. And what makes certain movies period pieces specifically feel so whimsical Mm -hmm. even though it really happened even though it's real yeah yeah because talking about the salem wish trials feels the same way it feels like fantasy right exactly Even when you asked me to do this podcast i was like "Ooh, fun (laughs) yeah and we started and i was like oh these were real people yeah Yeah. it's it's they lived lives so separate from how we live yeah that it's hard to like right that it feels so unbelievable or un unreal but it, it like actually happened and i do think in some way it could happen again if certain things all lined up at yeah. the right time yep for sure yeah that word fragility really sticks out to me and and i resonate with that i think that's a really great way to describe what was going on here and what is still going on today yeah um, is uh, is a level of fragility. And like you said, too, of like what they were going through at the time probably didn't feel... It probably felt crazy, but it didn't feel um, surreal and whimsical, like you said. Right. Just the way that you, when you brought up earlier, like I think people 50, 100 years from now are going to be looking back on this time. Yeah. Being like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And it will seem whimsical and unreal yeah. and the mm-hmm. hysteria and the things that we are buying into and and the disagreements that we're having now that are actually very much so yeah i think that's a really good and i think it will stick out even more because we're in a place in society where everything's documented yeah oh yeah and what the exact what, words that this one person exactly. said this one time right yeah. like i was saying before giles Corey's early life nothing's written down like they, i don't yeah whereas we have like pics of joe biden being like <laughs> hot in 17 exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally specific pipe pieces yes. yeah totally so it'll be an interesting takeaway in the future to look back because we'll have everything yeah down to the detail about yeah. what specifically happened and maybe even still wondering what the fuck were we thinking? Oh my God, yeah. Even when we have every little thing documented. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So Giles and Martha Corey's story is interesting, not only because Giles was the only one pressed to death during this time, but because they're the only couple that was executed as a couple. Yeah, yeah. Other yeah. couples were accused of witchcraft, namely, namely the Proctors, mm-hmm. but John Proctor defended his wife until his death, whereas Giles testified against his wife so those are kind of like two parallels you know one man's defending his wife and she didn't die and this man testified against his wife and they both died you know another notable couple accused was philip and mary english and they both they both survived but philip is thought to have been the richest person in salem at the time his wife was arrested then following a visit to his wife 
Philip was accused and arrested, but because of his stature, he was brought to Boston and tried instead of Salem. And he had his wife join him in Boston. Then they planned a prison break where they fled to New York City. After hearing about how horrible the jail conditions in Salem were, Philip sent a huge supply of corn to like feed the prisoners mm -hmm. so people weren't starving to death. Thanks, Phil. Exactly. Uh, but because they ran from being arrested and they weren't tried, Sheriff George Corwin ransacked the wealthy couple's estate and took whatever he could find. Which was technically legal because they avoided arrest. Like, they fled and broke prison, so... If you flee, you, like... If you flee, you sort of a, you you know, give, surrender the right, right to your stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Laws yes. are dumb. Laws <laughs> make... They're made up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and after the trials were called off, like I was saying, like they suspended it and the governor gave a pardon to everyone accused of witchcraft, the Englishes returned to Salem. And I'll leave it there. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but we're going to take a quick break. And I'm like, before we go, I'm just going to read all of the victims of Salem witch trials so everyone knows. Because I feel like that's not something we learn in school. It's like, these people died, but you never really like, know who yeah, they were. Who, who were they? Yeah. But they were, the 19 people hanged due to the trials were Bridget Bishop, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Rebecca Nurse, Sarah Wilds, George Burroughs, Martha Carrier, John Willard, George Jacobs Sr., John Proctor, Alice Parker, Mary Parker, Anne Pudeter, Wilmot Red. Margaret Scott, Samuel Wardwell, Mary Eastie, and Martha Corey. Like I said, Giles Corey was the only one pressed to death. And then the four people who died in prison awaiting their trials were Sarah Osborne, Roger Toothaker, Anne Foster, and Lydia Dustin. And there were two dogs that were shot and killed after being suspected of witchcraft. Dogs? Yes. What was their definition of witchcraft? Just doing something... What was their idea of witchcraft? See, that's the... That's... What is witchcraft, even? <laughs> just being... <laughs> what? What? Yeah, just leave animals out of your poor decision-making. I don't know what other tips yeah. to say. Like, wow. All this is horrible, but also, like, animals don't deserve that. So, we'll be right back. We are back. As I mentioned earlier, some believe that Giles Corey not only cursed the town of Salem, but he also cursed Sheriff George Corwin. Mm. And I'm just going to really quickly go through George Corwin's thing, what his, you know, yeah, who he was. Fill us in. George Corwin was the nephew of one of the judges during the Salem Witch Trials, appointed to the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, his name was Jonathan Corwin. So he was a judge during the trials, and then his nephew was the sheriff during the trials. George was in his late 20s during the trials, and he was ruthless, like I kind of talked about earlier. 
after all of that happened, after all the Salem witch trials were done, George Corwin was still the sheriff. Again, nobody really like lost power after all the trials were over. Mm-hmm. But George Corwin died four years after the trials due to a heart attack. And from his death till 1991, every person that held the title of Sheriff of Essex County either died or resigned as a result of heart or blood ailments. For 200 years? Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. All right. I could fuck with that curse. For 300 years. 300 years, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1690. Yeah, yeah, yeah to 1990. Yeah, yeah. Yes, wow, 300 years. Okay. And the people say the curse was only broken when the sheriff's office moved from Salem to a nearby town, Middleton, in 1991. Oh, it really took a location change to break the curse. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. So literally, and I, I can't remember exactly how many people it was, um, but... It was a significant amount for it to be, like, a thing. Wow, yeah. When George Corwin died, Philip English, you know, the wealthy guy in Salem. Okay. He held a lien on Corwin's body until his property and money was returned. So for those who don't know what, like, a lien is, a lien is a a right to keep possession of property until the debt is paid. A lien on his body. Yeah. He kept his body. Like, you can't bury this person until their debt is paid. Exactly. His rotting body? (laughs) Yeah. God. Yeah, so in this instance, Philip English literally held on to Corwin's body until his money was returned. Which it was, and then he gave up Corwin's body. His family had to cough it up? I think the government basically coughed it up because he was acting as the government Uh when uh he took the state and stuff. Okay. Jesus! uh, (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. And because of how, like, George Corwin was perceived in the town and he was unliked and stuff like that, his family buried his body under his own house until things, like, settled down a bit. And then he was transferred to Broad Street Cemetery, where his uncle, the judge, is also buried. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Giles Corey was buried in 1692, right after he was pressed to death, in, like near where he was murdered, like, Mm -hmm. executed. Like, he was pressed to death, and they probably, like, dug a hole, like, a few feet away and buried him. Mm -hmm. That land ended up becoming a cemetery as well, and that's Howard Street Cemetery. So, Giles Corey doesn't have a tombstone, and no one really knows where his body is, but they do believe it's, like, Again, really close to where he was pressed to death. And there Mm -hmm. are kind of like vague terms of where that is because of documentation of court documents. There's no way to know. Right. There's no way to know. Uh, There is a memorial to him. But again, nobody knows where he's buried in that cemetery. Martha, his wife, no one has any idea where her body is. Because it was like after they were hanged, they were buried nearby because it was the summer and they like the smell of rotting flesh and stuff yeah, like that. You have to put them in the ground fast. Right. Yeah. So a lot of them were buried right where people were hanged and then later moved either to a cemetery or another piece of land or something overnight. Mm-hmm. Or family members snuck like snuck to where they were buried, unburied them and buried them in their own plots. 
and they had to do it secretly because it was like against the law because you'd be you know they were convicted of witchcraft so it was like frowned upon but Martha's body has never been discovered so nobody knows where she's buried so Howard Street Cemetery where Giles is buried there are rumors that if you visit the cemetery you may see Giles Corey roaming about but don't let him see you because if he does someone dies immediately of a heart related issue so he's basically like Medusa how do you not let a ghost see you <laughs> you're fucked exactly <laughs> you can't decide that right <laughs> you're like dog dodged behind a tree oh <laughs> you almost saw me exactly <laughs> Other people claim that the legend is if Giles sees you, Salem burns. But if what he's... if you're on his side? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think it matters. It's like, yo, dude, I, what I think you went through is fucked. You know what? Maybe if you told him that, he probably would. Like, cool, cool, cool. Right? He'd be like, okay, I won't burn Salem. I was like, yo, dude, I'm descended from slaves. I get it. <laughs> we yeah. He'd be like, cool, 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 cool. You we're good. We're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the other part of the legend, instead of, like, if you see him, you die. If you see him, part of Salem will catch fire. Okay. But if he speaks to you, you'll die. So that's uh, the other take on the, on the lore. Okay, I'm not scared of you, Giles Corey. You think you'd vibe with him? Part of me just feels like Giles Corey was not a bad dude. And the legend is, like, after just every just after everything I've heard, I'm surprised to hear that the legends are that his ghost is mean. It's like what happened to him was awful and heinous. Right. But nowhere in the story has it stood out to me that he was like, I mean, he testified against his wife and he was like shady. And he beat someone to death. Wow. He was a bad guy. (laughs) But, you know, there are good things. Like he did sacrifice himself for his family. So I do see what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe I don't believe what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess just maybe I'm thinking like. I, I do like the fact more like that I, I guess I don't see I just guess I see him as like a fucked up person as not not as a villain but no but, I see what you're saying yeah but yeah yeah he's but, a complicated person he's yeah. not not out maybe it's not out for vengeance right it's not like the sheriff think. who's like purposely yeah being a dick I don't know how to say yeah that. purposefully I, yeah like out here trying to like right. make people suffer but you know what now that you say all this I'm like maybe Giles Corey also kind of was but who knows. I just, I mean, I think, I don't think he was a great person, but Mm -hmm. I agree with you that I don't think he would be out for revenge. Right. Against random people. Yeah. But that is the the lore of it all. Salem did have a fire in 1914 called the Great Salem Fire. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people attribute that fire to Giles Corey's curse. The fire destroyed over 1,300 buildings and made over 18,000 people homeless and or jobless. Wow. And right before the fire broke out, someone saw a man hovering through the Howard Street Cemetery. So a lot of people think it's Giles Corey. Ooh. And there's also an account that two college-aged friends were exploring the cemetery and wanted to get closer to see where Giles Corey died. So one of the girls like squeezed between a fence that was put up. And as she approached the area, she screamed and ran back, claiming she saw a man. And later that night, several fires erupted around Salem. So that's kind of why people think the curse is still yeah, happening. Um, if you believe in curses. 
<laughs> Do people still go back to Salem in search of these um, curses? Salem is a activate them? huge tourist. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, the cemetery sits next to the to Bit Bar Salem, which used to be an A and B Salem, which was a restaurant known for their burgers. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, the former owner said, "Quote: They say Giles appears in the window of the restaurant." Unquote. They were sitting at one of the tables, shaking out of fear, like these two women. And when the owner of the restaurant asked him, like, what was wrong or whatever, the two women who claimed to be mediums said they could feel spirits in the building. And this restaurant sits on the location of the Old Salem Jail. So the old Salem jail was torn down, rebuilt as a family house, and then that was torn down, and then this restaurant was built on top of it. And this jail is where they were keeping these people that they were arresting and accusing of, accusing of witchcraft. Right, yeah. Oh, and that's where the four people who were awaiting trial died. Yeah. Oh. So these mediums came to the restaurant, were freaking out. The owner's like, what's going on? They're like, we feel many spirits in this building. And it's also, again, across the street from the cemetery that Charles Corey's buried mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Howard Street Cemetery is the most haunted graveyard in Salem. It's said that 15% of the people who occupy the cemetery died from being crushed to death. And 15%? Yeah. How? So, it's a huge percentage. That's a lot of crushing. Yes. So, mainly these people die to accidents... So, like, one, for example, like, one of the accidents was Salem Jail's floors collapsed, killing 10 prisoners that were held below. Okay. So, um, like, that's just one instance, but there were many accidents where, like, people have died from being, like, things falling crushed. on them, being crushed to death. Wow. Yeah. And so there's maybe a legend that this was a, the revenge of Corey. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you visit the graveyard, make sure you bring a camera because catching ghosts in like your snapshots is like common. There was a photo taken during a documentary about the Salem Witch Trials that supposedly shows a group of Puritan era people standing around like in a huddle of some sorts. And they were standing in like what people believe is the spot where Giles Corey was pressed to death. So if you want to, like, Google some ghost pictures of Howard Street Cemetery. but Yeah, okay. The area is, in general, just, like, negative vibes since there are people buried in the cemetery for being murdered. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the jail was not a good place. Like I mentioned last week, a six-year-old girl was held in jail after being accused of witchcraft for seven months. Like, a six-year-old girl. And there's even, like, a report of a four-year-old boy held in jail for four months for breaking something. Like, he broke something at four years old and was held in jail. Like, this jail is, like, not... Like, it's just this, like, wow. shitty thing after we shitty really thing. really got justice really wrong. Right. It's, like, dark times, for sure. Yeah. So, I also believe I read something that, like, the Salem jail was the only co-ed jail at the time. So, like... Men were held on one side, women were held on other on the other side, and then mm-hmm. children were held in the center. Okay. But uh, would you visit the cemetery? I, in the daylight. 
<laughs> okay. I would definitely visit it. Fair. Um. Have yeah. you... So you were talking about how you want to see a ghost. Yeah. But you're also scared to see... I'm scared to see a ghost. Like, I... I want to communicate with them, and I'm curious about them, and I, I feel like I see... I just, like, see their stories, and I can see how, like, I can imagine myself as a ghost. Okay. I can imagine myself dying and have something, having something unresolved that I need to, like, come back and communicate. Interesting, yeah. So, I like, maybe that's what it is, is, like, I'm, like, I want to be open to what maybe something unresolved that somebody has to... Right. ...to validate. But then also, like, I'm scared. Like, even talking to you now, I'm like, no wonder I'm scared. Because ghosts are scary. <laughs> well, I was going to ask... Because they're unpredictable. Like, is he going to infuse me with some curse where I go die of a heart attack? <laughs> well, that was going to be my question. Is scared the right word for it? Scared, maybe it's like I don't... I'm, I'm not ready. Or I don't have the... Or maybe I'm... Scared. Yeah, scared. Scared <laughs> okay. redu- I think no, scared is the right reductive word. Okay, okay. But if I'm going to go into it more, it's like uncertainty... Okay. But you would visit supposedly haunted places. Yes, like I love them. I I think I deliberately visit haunted places and would like to... Like, I feel like I place myself in haunted situations. Okay. And I'm like, present yourself to me. And it's like, (laughs) crickets. (laughs) And nothing happens. And so in paranormal settings, when like even hearing stories where people have experienced paranormal stuff, Right. I'm like, yeah, I believe it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I myself have never experienced something like that up close. Gotcha. Well, I have. But minimal, minimal, small moments. Well, tell me. What? I feel like my main ghost story, I grew up at a summer camp with lots of ghosts. Well, no, I never saw anything. My main thing where I've actually seen something happen was when I lived in that place in Chicago where you came and visited. Oh, okay. We had parties. And I lived in the back room off of the kitchen. Right. And then my three roommates lived off of the front hallway. Was that technically Lakeview? Yeah, it was Lakeview. Okay. Yeah. And you remember, maybe remember the layout of the hall of the apartment. So it was a long apartment. Right. Kitchen in the back with a bedroom. When you first walk in, you take a left. Yeah. Is the, da- the living area. Yeah, living area. Kitchen. Kitchen in the back. Your bedroom was off the kitchen. Yeah, in the back. Yeah. Okay. And then all my roommates' apartments were in the front. Gotcha. And I was in there one time and it was... I was, I had a boyfriend at the time who lived in Colorado and I lived in Chicago. Right. And we were talking on the phone late night and it was like three or four in the morning and Mm -hmm. I was on the phone and my doorknob was like, like turned. Like I saw my doorknob go, wee, 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 turn. And I heard it go, like someone trying to come in my bedroom. Right. And I was like, yeah, what's up? Like I thought it was one of my roommates. Right. No one came in. I was like, yeah, I'm awake. You can come in. No one came in. I was like, okay, one sec. Sorry, I have to get off the phone. One of my roommates needs something. It's weird. I don't right. know what's up. Put the phone down. Got up. Got out of my bed. Opened the door. Everyone's asleep. Apartment's silent. Apartment is dark. Like, no one is out there. Clearly, no one's out there. And I have just watched my doorknob turn. Yeah, that's spooky. And I was like, uh, hello? 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 And then... Of course, what you do in those moments is you talk yourself out of it. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. I got back on the phone. I was like, that was freaky. I think (laughs) one of my roommates, I don't know, uh, and got back on the phone and talked myself out of it and went to sleep. But that's the only thing I can really ever say that's happened. It's funny that you, I've had 
a very similar experience where the doorknob turned back and forth. Yeah. Mm. So if you experience something, you've it's something. Yeah, I believe it, and I yeah. believe it, and I'm I ever since that moment has happened. Part of me, even though I, I I did feel a very real fear in that moment, yeah, that I think I talked myself out of, have been calling. Not maybe I I want that I want to experience that right. I want to experience that suspension of belief. Yeah, and that touch with something that is something I've never met before. That's fair. Yeah, I like really want that. I want I to know that you. it's real. I want to. Well, I think it's just. I like, want to be trusted. I think that's another thing is I want to be trusted. Yeah. I would love to be trusted by an entity. To show themselves to me. Yeah, that's fair. even if they are a terrifying entity. Yeah. Well, I think like for you, it's like unanswered. Still. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you it's want an answer, yeah, totally. and they're just. And I'm it. afraid the answer is going to come, and I'm be like, too scary. I didn't <laughs> want the answer. Yeah. Maybe the question is the fun part. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I accept it, but please don't. But never come again. <laughs> yeah. Don't come again. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, that's a wrap on Salem witch trials. Um, Shout out to the hundreds of victims of witchcraft. But, yeah, uh, shout out to the victims and shout out to the the witches. Yeah. And the true magicians. I mean, we love witches. Yeah. Like, we celebrate witches now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be back next week with a brand new true crime paranormal story from Salem, but it will not be the Salem Witch Trial, so stay tuned for that. But, London, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was truly a blast. I loved this. I loved having you. Um, Y'all can follow Haunted Hometowns on social media for photos related to each episode, guest info, and upcoming news. Please subscribe. I swear it helps the podcast grow so I can keep bringing you ghost and true crime stories. Rate and leave positive comments. It also helps a lot. So to sharing the podcast, uh, never knock the word of mouth. It helps. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd love to read some of your listeners' uh, ghost stories. So if you'd like your story read on the podcast, email email them to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from the face of your dead aunt appearing in a potato chip to a full-on apparition of Marilyn Monroe popping out of your birthday cake. <laughs> Let me know. And uh, London, where can they follow you? Oh! yay please follow me on instagram you can find me at london underscore lucille it's london like the city and then l-u-c-i-l-l-e um of course i will tag you and everything on instagram so if you're following haunted hometowns you'll find her there as well please come join yeah yes absolutely um thank you for having me blake this was really really thank you (laughs) and i'll catch y'all next week for a brand new crime and haunting because everyone loves a ghost story The theme song of Haunted Hometowns is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at For Boys Like Me. That's F O R Boys Like Me. The artwork is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M U N O Z. I got my information from History of Massachusetts, Salem Ghosts, Wikipedia, and Wicked Salem by Sam Baltrusis.